Welcome to the Market Beautifully Podcast, a show where I offer marketing advice for lady entrepreneurs who crave to crack the code when it comes to getting noticed or expanding their brand online. I'm your host, Haley, and I can't wait to chat with you about what I have planned for today's episode. Welcome back. Thanks so much for tuning into the show today. You rock. We are going to talk about writing copy that converts in this episode, which is a super important aspect of marketing that a lot of people put on the back burner because it really is daunting. Staring at a blank screen and a blinking cursor is absolutely no fun. And it's even more intimidating when you are writing copy that you're putting money behind, such as a Facebook or an Instagram ad or copy that you're putting on a sales page. Writing copy that converts does not have to be intimidating though, which is why Ashlyn Carter is with me today. Ashlyn is such an amazing entrepreneur who has so much clarity when it comes to writing good action-oriented copy. After we all get done chatting today, you may want matching friendship bracelets with her. I'm not kidding. I know I do. She has such a fun personality and man, just, just her obsession with copy and nerding out over the science of words connects me with her on such a deeper level because I'm the same way when it comes to digital marketing online. She goes into some really interesting points that I haven't even heard of before when it comes to writing conversion-specific copy. So I know you're going to love this, so let's go talk to her. Ashlyn Carter, welcome to the show. Yay, Haley, thanks so much for having me. I'm pumped to be here. So you just got back from a birthday vacation, right? Girl, I did, yeah. That looked like so much fun. Did so you go to fun. Italy? Oh my gosh, isn't all the whole time we were in Napa and the whole time we were there, I kept saying that the landscape looks like that. I think the wine has gotten out of my system at this point, but we went to <laughs> San Francisco, never been before. My oh. husband and I for three days and then um, some friends came up and met us um, and we did Napa. So it was like, that was probably like the second big trip we did since we've been married. For, so this is like not a normal, like we right. usually like these big old trips, but um, it was, I mean, it was a blast. It looked like so much fun, and you yeah. had the cutest outfits. <laughs> oh, thank you. It was cold over there. Who knew? Um, not in Napa, but San Fran, which I'd heard. Um, but it was so fun. Yeah. Good. Yeah, it looked like a blast. I'm so glad you had fun. Uh, yeah, so Ashlyn, I want to hear all about your backstory. Like, tell us how you started your business, and I know you kind of had a rocky journey. So tell yeah. us all about that. Okay, so I am a conversion copywriter for creative entrepreneurs, mm -hmm. and originally, though, my entrepreneurial jaunt began with calligraphy. Um, I, I was probably like 11 when I first picked out a calligraphy kit, just loved it, loved changing my handwriting growing up, and so um, through school, it was never a doubt that I wanted to be a journalism major. Like, even in high school, I used to chronically organize, chronologically organize, like, in-style magazines in order, like, uh -huh. obsessed with magazines. And um, so definitely went to college, was like journalism, chew-in, duh, um, loved it the whole time I was there, interned at some great publications. And then when it came time to leave, um, it was like right about the time that the economy was going nuts. So, and so mm -hmm. I decided to switch from journalism to PR. Mm -hmm. And um, so what, once I did that and I traveled as a year as a um, consultant for Alpha Delta Patriority, loved it, a lot of marketing, and then came into Atlanta and knew I wanted to continue working in marketing and PR, mm -hmm. all the while filling calligraphy orders at night, just as kind of like, you know, after right. day, it felt good, right? Right. Um, and loved it, loved it. But, you know, as it had, as it went on for years and worked on some incredible top tier clients, 
just adored the industry. Um, I had never dealt with some things that had always kind of like crept up in my life. Perfectionism being one thing that um, steered and navigated and I really let um, kind of take the reins in some capacities um, and had dealt with depression and anxiety off and on. Mm-hmm. Like when I got stressed, these are the things I turned to. So the kind of straw that broke the camel's back um, after my husband in, proposed to me and you've been through the wedding process can be a little bit stressful. Um, I dealt with all of this with controlling mm-hmm. what I ate, what went into my body and um, never saw it coming, but that ended up developing into a full-blown eating disorder. Um, I was 27 at the time, definitely thought that this was something that happened to like preteen girls. And yeah. um here it was popping up. So anyway, all that to say, um, and it's a sweet story now, but that fall when we first got married, it was super rocky. Like I was just a shell of myself. Um, struggled with, um, I'll just be honest, like suicidal thoughts. Like it was just a really dark time. I was very, very, very sick. And um, all this while, a slave to my job, loved it and would do anything for my job working in PR. Mm-hmm. And so um, my mother-in-law looked at me one day and said, what's more important, uh, your job or your relationship with my son? And I was like, ooh, that's good. And she helped me put in for medical leave of absence from work. And I was terrified. I thought I was going to lose my job, um, which you can't do on FMLA. But um, anyway, all this time, it was this pulled away time. So you take this girl that's obsessed with her job and pull her away from it. And I got to think about it and get some perspective. And I realized, like, what would happen if I started um, walking into the things that I love, things like marketing and PR, but from a place of rest instead of this constant hustle cycle? And so the seeds were planted, you know, like maybe I could, I'm still doing this calligraphy thing at night, like maybe I could do that and some editorial writing. And um, turns out I went back to work and complained one too many times about hating my job. And my husband looked at me one day, he's like, that's it, you're putting in, you're like, we're, we're done. Um, like, we've got to keep you well. And so I started my company a whole lot sooner. I thought it was February of 2016. And um Honestly, just like for a little tag on to the end of that story, I didn't see the copywriting thing coming. At first, I was doing calligraphy and editorial writing, which um, for audience members who may not know what that is, that's more like journalism, like classic Mm -hmm. magazine writing style. And um, I just saw that there was all these creative entrepreneurial women out there who didn't want to write their sales copy, who weren't comfortable selling, who didn't like writing their websites. I was like, oh, I've been doing that for years for like Delta Airlines and other clients. Um, and so I opened that side of the business and now it's completely eclipsed just about, um, calligraphy is only about 12% of the business right now. And most of it is copywriting. So, um, that's what I do now. I get to map out funnel campaigns and marketing copy for email sequences for, um, course launches for entrepreneurs as well as their website copy. Okay. That story kind of makes me want to cry. That is so sweet. Your husband, what a fantastic man. Yeah, he really, and I love that you said that. He really is like, I could cry thinking about it. He's just like the strongest. He shouldered the relationship through all that. And um, it's yeah. hard. Uh, we learned like marriage was really hard at first. Right. Um, I think I, I have a soft spot too for the, the wedding industry because I look back on like the photographs that we have from that day. And like, mm-hmm. I need the photographs to remember because I had, I had panic attacks all day because I was so sick. So like, there's just things from the wedding industry that I realized the value that these vendors give to people right. like huge part of their life. Yeah, that's amazing. And way yeah. to go for your mother-in-law as well to really, it's hard. I mean, I, I am definitely someone that is, can easily become a slave to my job and my yeah. business. It's so easy because we're so passionate about what we do, yes. but we just need an outside source to say, Hey girl, what's going yeah. on? You know? Yeah. 
Amen. I think I heard somebody say one time, entrepreneurial life is like you don't want to work 40 hours for someone because you'd rather work 80 for yourself. And like, that's the total truth. Yes. Yeah. You don't work any less and you're going to be your hardest boss ever. Like, you know, people want to quit because they're a boss too, but like, you're going to be just as tough, but you know how to measure it in. Right. Oh yeah. It's, it's honestly more, it's lonely. And that's the big thing that got me as a Mm -hmm. business owner. And that's why I took a job and I don't talk about it a lot, but I got so lonely and actually episode 12, it talks about anxiety and depression remedies for online business owners. Um, and that has been such a popular episode because so many online business owners struggle with it. And Mm -hmm. like, especially if you don't have a supportive husband, which I do, but it's still, it's rough. Um, just being, alone in your office for 12 hours a day that can wear on someone so but there are definitely remedies out there that do help and I know you you diffuse essential oils that definitely helps too that's one of the things that helps so yeah there's little fixes but I'm really glad you shared that story thank you so much for doing that so you're the copy queen of the world right Uh, I don't know about that. I've got a lot to learn. I will say that. (laughs) Well, I'm going to dub you with that title. (laughs) I'm I'm an educational nerd. So I am always, I think I've got like four copywriting books on my desk. Like I cannot quit. Once I like owned, I was like, you know what? Out of all marketing, Mm -hmm. this is what, like when we would do those Delta email marketing campaigns, like, and we were doing glitzy events, planning sky miles, medallion member events, like all these fun things. I loved the challenge of trying to write the subject line for this email that was going out to people like, that's when I knew, like, right. okay, I didn't know what copy was. So to anybody who's listening that's like, I don't quite understand what this is, I worked in it for a couple of weeks before realizing what it was. So you're not alone. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm so excited to go into how to write copy that actually converts for you because that's such an important goal with copy. I mean, is writing copy in a way that gets your audience to take action, not just leave our page and never go back again. That's definitely not what we want. So exactly. before we get into our copy, conversion secrets that I'm really excited to talk about. Can I ask you how to get ourselves more comfortable with writing any type of marketing copy? Ooh, yeah, that's a good question. So um, like anything, you've got to, it's a muscle that you've got to flex. And I know people don't always want to hear that, but there um, is a great book, Anne Lamont. Um, she's mm-hmm. written a book called Bird by Bird, which I highly recommend if you have any interest in the writing craft or just want an entertaining read. But she talks about you just got to get your booty in the chair. Like you just got to get that um, muscle flex. And I will say another good book when it comes to just encouraging yourself to do the hard thing. There's a book called The One Thing. And it was recently on the New York Times bestseller list. I'm blanking on the guy's name who wrote it. But um, he talks about like how great creators and great artists time block first four hours of their working day. And they try to be a maker in the morning and a manager in the afternoon. So, yeah, isn't that good? It is good. It's like some of those phrases you hear, you're like, dang it, why don't I think of things like that? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But um, that, like, writing, I do it all the time. It's still hard for me. But any, like, hard thing in my business that I know I, like, have to do to be a business owner, I really Mm -hmm. do try to, like, time block those first four hours. Because the afternoons, my goodness, my brain is, like, shot. Or I just, like, I can't with it you know right. fingers over here um so I would say like just to give tips to somebody schedule a day to do it and just tell yourself you're going to do it um mm-hmm. some other little productivity hacks there's an app called um it's the it runs on pomodoro techniques and it's called focus keeper I think it's free and it times you on 20 minute sprints with like 10 minutes off I think or maybe it's 25 minutes on five minutes off yeah 
So like just little things like just to do it. And I think it's one of those things once you start, you're like, oh, it's not that bad, you know, but it's starting is the worst part. Yes. Okay. And we're going to put the app and those two books in the show yes. notes too. So if you want to find those, just go to marketbeautifully.com slash podcast. And then all those two books in that app will be there for you to download or look at. So yeah, we'll put that under the show notes section. Thanks so much for mentioning that. That's awesome. Um, yeah. yeah, I know sometimes I know we can just sit there staring at a blank Google Doc or, you know, Evernote and think, crap, this is so frustrating. How am I ever going to get words on this page, especially words that are going to help me connect with the reader? So I like that. Just start. That That's start. great. And your, your third, like, you've got to get to that third draft that, and then you'll hit it and you'll realize that's where the first Anne Lamont, again, she calls them, um, she uses a word I won't say, so you don't have to bleep it out. <laughs> you go, there's first draft, and even that second draft is like that too, and then you get to the third one, and then you realize, oh, this is why I had to go through those other ones, so. Yeah, I like that, Be yeah. Encouraged. Oh, and sometimes I feel like we just kind of freeze up. And if you just write, don't worry about it being perfect. I know so many people that they're just steering because they think that their first draft has to be absolutely perfect. Just write. Write everything that comes to your mind, even if it doesn't even make sense or go together. Like, just write it. Sometimes I'm sitting there writing in, like, an Evernote document just to get my thoughts out. And I'll come up with the best phrase possible. Like, I'm making this sales on autopilot program right now. And I came up with this tagline authentic marketing meets automation. And I never would have come up with that if I wouldn't have just put all my thoughts down on an Evernote sheet, you know? So, yeah. Oh, Haley, that is good. (laughs) Thank you. I was really proud of it, honestly. I "I can't believe I came up with this. I'll give you one more tip kind of related to that. I started, and I teach my students this in my program, but I'm like a nut about, um, I call it copy banking. And so like anytime, just like, constantly word banking phrases you hear whether it's mm-hmm. from a podcast or sometimes I'll be even listening to like a sermon like something that has nothing to do with business yeah. or reading a random fiction book and there'll be a phrase or a word that I'm like ooh, that's good and just yeah. like banking those things and writing them down in that way when you get stuck or you feel like you're using curate or swoon or authentic or these right. creative industry buzzwords that you're like if I could just say another word I would yes confident in this you can lean on that word bank to help you. Yes. Oh, that's such a great, great thing. I love that you talked about sermons because there are some sermons that have awesome words in there and yeah. and really just everything. I know as a podcaster, I get told all the time, don't listen to entrepreneur podcasts, listen to different creative podcasts to get your mind in another place, which I haven't started yet and I need to. Um, what It's on my to-do list. <laughs> everything is on my to-do list. Um, but, but it's an interesting thought. I was like, you know, that's a, that's a good idea. So That's good. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah. Okay, so I know you talk about the rule of one. I'd love to hear about how this affects copywriting and what that is. Okay, so my something that I learned a lot when I first came into copywriting, and I didn't want to do it either, you've really got to write to one person with one idea and one offer all the time. Love and it. like, there's something to that that involves killing your darlings a bit because when I first started, I wanted to serve all the people with all the things, which I know isn't a problem at all for the creative industry, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> but that was one thing I could not, and like even being like knowing writing, I still couldn't, it's just funny how I still couldn't divorce myself from the idea that I wanted to have all these different kinds of clients. I wanted to write for 
the corporate clients, Princess Cruises. I was doing some work with them. I think I was terrified to lose them if I started writing to creative entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. But the more I realized that when I honed down and wrote my services page with one person in mind, and yes, that means breaking up your services pages for each offer that you have, which creates more work, but in the end, it works out really well. Um, these are just little things that I learned along the way. And that is when it's like, after I finally did that, and it took a lot of tough love from um, a business coach and from, um, Christina Scalera, I think I've mentioned her to you Uh before. Um, she, she's a dear friend here in Atlanta and just people like that saying like, you need to focus your messaging. Mm -hmm. You're a copywriter. Come on. You know this. But it was once I did that, all that to say, that's when I like hit a stride in the sweet spot and got recognized. Like you joked earlier, but I do think the go-to girl for launch copy came from, oh my gosh, months of tough love of people telling me to do that until I finally did it and then it finally worked. Right. So that's why I really do believe in the rule of one. If you can, and just Rio, if you can remember RIO, one reader with one idea and one offer and every single page you write on your website have that in mind. Every single email newsletter that you send out to your mm-hmm. list, have that in mind. Um, just always think that one person. And I even used to write email newsletters and always like write um, my ideal client avatar's name and I would backspace it at the end. I was about it, to say that. Yeah, that um, that can be super helpful. Oh, you yeah. Yes, I have yeah. the name. Her name's Eva. And I switch it up sometimes. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I like yeah. this name better. So I switch it up. But <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know your girl. You see her. Yeah. 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 But I have her name. I have where she works, like what she does, how many kids she has. I mean, everything. What, what kind of magazine she reads, if she even reads a magazine. Yeah. I mean, I have it down to the T, but it really does help, especially when I'm writing email copy. And I feel like I'm more personal with my audience now because I do that. And it's more of a friendship level. I I feel like my brand has now become a lot more personal. Um, I'm the type of person that likes to focus. I'm the numbers. I like to focus on not selling. I like the idea of marketing and selling. And so I, I really dive into that. And now I've really dialed into, okay, the whole point of why I'm in this business is to connect with these ladies. And so just Love this it. past year and a half, I've really dialed into that. And it's been incredible, especially with that target audience and having that name. It does yeah. help quite a bit. And I mean, I'm sometimes I'm, I mean, I'm best friends with some of these these audience members now yeah. or listeners of the podcast. Um, what someone listened to my podcast and because I said something that resonated with her when I was talking to Eva, it resonated with her. And now we have weekly Skype dates. I mean, she's amazing. So yeah. it does help. You're really talking to one person and it it's amazing okay. what it does. The benefits far outweigh the like fear consequences that you think are going to happen. Um, and it's funny hearing you talk, have you ever read, and I'll share that link with you so you can put it in the show notes. Um, there is a fast company article about anthropology's ideal client and they have her segmented down so much. I have read that. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. You're like, dang, they really, they've got the system rigged when you touch that door handle to walk in the store, but it's, um, it works. But if you see their branding and you go in their store, like you see it, like, you know, they are targeting one person and you know, you you don't fit the mold. You're (laughs) out. Like you're not their target audience, you know, from the second you walk in the door. I used to have a friend, she was, um, we were roommates in a townhouse and she would say, I, she didn't like it. Clearly she wasn't it. She was like, it just makes me feel like I need to eat grass when I go like, go in there. She, I mean, like 
she's very glam, like very high end glam, uh-huh. like lots of jewels. And so like, yeah, like that's not her, but right. it's just funny how they do attract repel so well. Yeah. Yeah. And it is a little scary to think as a, especially as a small business owner, because we think, oh, well, anthropology can afford that. You know, they don't have to worry about the attract repel philosophy and, I, I, but I do think that it's so important as a small business owner to attract repel because, man, when you are really playing that game hard and you are attracting people, you are attracting the right people that are going to become loyal okay. fans of you. They're not just going to okay. become lukewarm fans that are like, meh, you know. Yep, yep. So true. Okay, now let's get into creating copy that converts. We talk a lot about marketing on this show, so it's very sales-oriented and different strategies we can use to like lead people to our offers mm-hmm. in a really genuine, authentic ways. So I think copy plays such a powerful role in this, and I want to know some of your secrets that you've picked up over the past few years when it comes to this. Okay, I love it. Let me start. I'll back up just a little bit and explain exactly what copywriting is. Yes. So copywriting is essentially the art and science of words that sell, words that coach a conversion. Um, and I love mm. that. I feel like we're cut from the same cloth. So those of us are like, great, fluff, beautiful, that's nice. What are the analytics? What did it actually, what happened? What are the mm-hmm. results? And so that's, I think, like one thing I really like about copywriting, I would argue it is more science than art. I don't think it is a 50-50 split. If you talk to a lot of like um, more high level copy strategists, they'll say that too. It's just, um, it is more based on formulas. And then you take those and you overlay your brand voice and your brand message and you let those sit on top of these formulas that are already hashed out. So as far as some tips that you can use, the first thing that I tell everybody to do is data mine. Um, I really want you to research and fact find, and we called it RSFF. We build it when I was an agency, we had to build our time, RSFF, research mm-hmm. and fact find and data mine your ideal client. So go into those Facebook groups, run surveys to your audiences, look up things on Amazon, and then don't just leave it at that, but like catalog this information you're finding. I've got total Google Sheets all built out. And if I'm working like on a client, like say, um, here's an example. Recently, I was working on some sales page copy for Caitlin James, and I had to go into some of her Facebook groups and find and pull different things that people said. Um, Jenna Kutcher is really wise about this too. Mm -hmm. We'll always go through Facebook groups and pull out bits that people have said. So start there. I think a lot of times um, when you're writing your page, we freeze up a little bit, not knowing what to say, but people want to want to be told what they've already, you want to have that moment in your copy where people think, how is she in my head right now, right? Like how do right. she get this? And you get that by actually using their words. Um, but then we're going to take it a step further. So the next thing I'm going to tell you to do is to agitate that and to do so, I want you to lean on some copywriting formulas. Um, I have a blog post and Haley, I can give it to you. I think yeah, I wrote please it. do. Okay, a list of 19 copy formulas that you can start using. But essentially, a lot of them lead with this problem. And by showing that you recognize the problem, which you've now found because you did some data mining, and then you want to poke the bear a little bit and agitate it and just show that you really get that. And then you bring in your solution. Um, And you can, that PAS formula is something, problem agitation solution that you can use on your services page you can even use it on your about page Um, there's just so many opportunities to use that formula so those are two things that I would recommend right off the bat other little ideas um, people let's see I'll give you two more Um, people read the internet in an f pattern shape so if you think about your eyes when they're reading anything on a screen they actually read 
across the first line, down a little bit, kind of halfway through the second line, and then they hop. So keep your paragraphs at two to three sentences max. That's usually a pretty good rule of thumb to go by. And definitely spice them up with different kinds of visual elements, whether it's bold or italic. Mm -hmm. um, bullet points do really well. When it comes to bullet points, typically people read, this is just like statistically the first one and the last one, but they don't always read the ones in the middle. So use that to your advantage and put your really good ones at the top and the bottom and then flush it out with the middle ones. Um, six tends to be a good number for bullet points, I heard. And then another thing to use when it comes to numbers and psychology is the rule of threes. So okay. we're, we talked about the rule of one. This is separate right. from that. Um, but when we break things into like three blind mice, um, what else? Red, white, blue. Like There's all these threes, right? Um, it's because they have a sticky factor that your brain remembers. I'm sure some of your listeners have heard this before. Um, but that's like how you get kids to memorize stuff, how, why... Um, Speakers give points in three, you know, sum them up in three. So use that to your advantage in your copy as well and break out on your, maybe your services page. Like, what is the process look like? Like, I do this, we work together, I get this. You know, like, make things really easy for people to understand by lumping them into threes and as okay. much as you can. I so love that. I've yeah. never heard the uh, people read in the shape of an F. Yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah, there's some, um, I wish, I can find an article that we can link to, but they're, um, they do these uh, eye maps on, like, I know, have you ever done, like, Hotjar and Sumo Meet? Like, there's some great websites that show, um, kind of, which those are, ooh, those, that's another fun copy thing. It's really fun to install a heat map on your website and see where mm. people scroll, um, and you can do that for free. I think that Sumo will go up to a thousand clicks for free. Um, and basically, it's just a plug-in that you pop on your website, and you can see what people click on. You can see, oh, this is interesting, too. You'll see, like, a hot spot on your website where people click on a piece of copy that you have that may not be linked to anything, but they think it's a link. And you're like, oh, maybe I should make this a link. Everyone's clicked on it. Um, and you can see what copy performs better, too. So that's something that's really interesting and um, fun, free. You learn a lot from it. Just a cool little experiment you can run on your website. Oh, yeah. I've heard of the heat map before, but I haven't done that yet. You know, you hear so many things, and it's hard I'm, to implement them all. So, anything, girl. Yeah, but, man, that's awesome. So I'll have to find an article on how to install a heat map and put this in the show notes or something because that's yeah. really interesting. I think Kathy Olson of Love Inspired, um, she has a great YouTube channel where she talks a lot about um, creating your website that's user experience focused, but she is the one that told me about that. So I think she might have a blog post. Um, okay. But yeah, they're fun. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I love that. So what's what's a really important element that we want to include in our copy whenever we're talking about, I don't know, I guess whatever offer we really have. What's an important element that a lot of people may leave out? Um, so two things. When you're thinking about your sales page, the first thing is I think that there's a misconception that people don't read, people, people don't read on the internet and people don't read long things on the internet. But both of those are false. People do read things if they're long. They don't read things if they're boring. So when it comes to writing a longer form sales page, it's totally okay, right? We've all been on that sales page that you literally scroll and you feel like you're scrolling for like days. But those work because sales pages work because psychologically it's setting up an argument. It's like a lawyer making a case and you have to put several things in there um, to back up the argument before you present the offer. 
So that's kind of coming off the idea that people buy with their emotional cortex first in their brain and they back it up with the rationale. And you've seen this happen every single time that you have justified a cookie in your life, right? Like how many times have I been like, I kind of walked from the farthest spot of the parking lot. I deserve this. Yeah. 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 (laughs) I say that all the time. Oh, all the time. We do, we do this. That's how like we, it's a purchasing thing too. So when it comes to um, writing that, that copy for your, sales page, if you can keep in mind that people will buy with their emotions first, so Mm -hmm. hitting that and then moving in with like all the nitty gritty in your offer, that can be um, a good way to start. So as far as something that I see people not add in a lot that I think would be really valuable are better testimonials. And to be honest, I just was working with a client on her launch copy and she had a great offer, but she was terrified And I think it came from her wanting to like pinch pennies, which I get. And to be honest, launching is all about, to me, launching, I don't gamble. Launching has to feel feel like that because to an extent, you're putting money in Facebook ads, you're putting money in this build out time, and you're hoping that it converts. Um, But I think asking for beta testers is similar because you're essentially giving your offer away to somebody for free that maybe maybe they would have bought, maybe they wouldn't, and that can be scary, but I would just argue that those testimonials that you get back can be tremendous money makers. So all this to say, I think that people, um, at least something I see, maybe a greater opportunity is how I can like PR my words there, um, people have is to get those better testimonials. So when you're requesting one back, it's really important that these be in a framework to a, a copy formula in and of themselves. And that formula is the problem and then the solution and then the resolution. And an easy way to think about this is like every infomercial ever, right? Like whenever somebody steps on there with a testimonial, they always say like, um, you know, I was here then I got this and now I'm blah, blah, blah. So right. that, they say that because it's that transformation that people want to see in the testimonial. So when it comes to getting your testimonials for your sales page, quit focusing on how great you are and how great it is to work Mm -hmm. with you. Give me the transformation. What happened to that person? Where did they start that that sentence out? needs to start with where they were. Like what problems were they seeing in their Instagram feed? And they bought your course and now they have, you know, blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, But if you can create that in two to three sentences, you're going to be a whole lot better off. And um, I would argue too, and I teach my students that um, it's okay to edit a testimonial as long as you run it past your client at the end of the day, Um, because they're not going to give it to you in this like, they're not thinking like, let me make this copy oriented, you know, Mm -hmm. let me make this convert. So um, I would just, yeah, encourage you to be more open to tweaking those so they do work. Right. You talked about (laughs) the (laughs) emotional side of just people whenever they read a sales page and the promotion aspect of it. And how do you find those emotional pain points to really bring out in your copy? So good. You ask like, you really do ask good questions. Um, So that is where, like when I was arguing for data mining at the beginning, that is where that comes from. I think a lot of times we'll go to write our websites and um, we, you don't do any of that work, but like that's where that emotional point comes Mm -hmm. but a way to get to that is sometimes people will tell you their problem but they won't tell you like the sub root of it exactly if you can ask yourself why times three times 
that's usually a good like um, barometer. Is that the right? <laughs> Here's my turn to do this. No, <laughs> that's the right word. But um, if they can have like, yeah, if you can take take their problem and go down, why does that matter? Okay, yeah. why does that matter? And why does that matter? Um, a silly example of this, and I, I use it in my um, program, so some of my students would recognize this, but it's a good analogy. So say like my husband and I are having people over to grill out or whatever, watch mm-hmm. a football game in the backyard, and the backyard is a hot mess. Like Wes has been on night shift. He hasn't had time to cut the grass. It looks awful. Well, if I'm inviting a yard company over to help me with that, problem and I'm putting that in quotation marks as I say this is the yard needs cut right right the true problem like the get out of my head is like essentially I want people to be impressed with my backyard right and so like I want I want something I can be proud of and not embarrassed of and so if you can take every um offer that you have and get down to that level by asking three times like what is what is it what are they really after here like what do they really want um you're going to be hitting those emotions way more these are the things that keep people up at night that's always a good place to start with your copy what keeps people up at night um what is she tossing and turning for what's going through her mind all the time that is such a fantastic point and um this I'm going to go back to my cells on autopilot program that I'm creating just because I'm in it right now. But I was a little stuck when I first started this process. Like, okay, I know a lot of people are having problems getting consistent cells every month. So Mm -hmm. I thought, obviously, that's the problem. And I'm putting that in quotation marks, too. But I wanted to get like the why behind the why behind the why. So what I did was I went to my email list and I grabbed four people from my email list and sent them an email. Hey, can we jump on Skype? I'd like, you know. Yeah, so with that, I recorded it and I wrote down specific phrases they used. And a lot of the phrases were they wanted to be authentic. They saw that people were scrolling or, you know, they were scrolling on their Facebook feed and they saw people selling to them all the time like Mm -hmm. they don't want to be like that so they associate sales with that um that's not cool no one wants to be that person you know that's just sitting there on Facebook live and it's not about having a genuine connection because they're a business owner because they want to have a genuine connection with their audience which I relate so well to so it just it was so perfect because in my head I wouldn't have thought of that alone so I had to go jump on Skype and did it take time oh yeah it took it took hours but it was so worth it because now my copy when I'm writing my sales page and when I'm when I'm even creating my sales video it's going to be so much easier because I now have all of those notes that I have from those calls and all those pain points. And, you know, at the end of the day, well, especially if you're creating a program, you want to help people. That's the main goal, obviously. So if we're, if our main goal is to help people with whatever we're offering, then we should take the time to hop on a call. We should take the time to really dig deep and figure out what's really going on in their head because we want to solve that for them and, you know, have, have them feel like at the end of the day, their, their issue is resolved. Yes. Oh, Haley, I love that. And I think like the best copy isn't sitting in your head. It's sitting in your audience's head. Yeah. So if you can, and I love that you went after and got it. I would encourage anybody that's listening. If you've never done like interview calls with your, you know, if if it makes you feel weird, like give them a free 20 minute session or something for free for jumping on that call with you. But I love that you did that Mm because that's where you find gold nuggets that you're, you would have never thought of. Right. Right. 
Yeah, and it was tons of fun, and I got to know my audience, too. It's like sometimes we think we know who our audience is, and then when we jump on Skype with them, you know, it just becomes so much more personal than, oh, they're an email on my email list. And, you know, it's easy to get caught up in that because we're we're going and going and going all the time as entrepreneurs. So, And I'm guilty of that. I'm not going to lie. I'm I'm guilty. Every I feel like everyone's guilty. Oh, we all um, are. So just stopping and really thinking, okay, I want to help these people. And the only way to do that is really digging deep. Yep. So true. And then you kind of remember why you do what you do after all. And why oh, you yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, it's so much fun. <laughs> yes. Yeah, for sure. Man, I have seriously loved talking to you, Ashlyn. Me too. This, this has great, been really. fantastic. I feel like we've covered so much. Um, where can people hang out with you? Awesome. Well, I'm always at ashlynwrites.com. I try to put up three blog posts a week. And by the time this comes out, I'll be having a weekly YouTube that comes out as well mm-hmm. with more copy tips. And then um, Instagram, I'm at Ashlyn S. Carter. Um, and I still do like the Twitter thing too, but I know that um, maybe that's on its way out. I don't know. I always, I never want it to go too far away, but yeah. Awesome. Well, I love all your Instagram stories. You should go follow her on Instagram. I'm a big Instagram story fan. So yeah, go follow her on Instagram, watch your Instagram stories. Uh, those are always fun. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks so much for being on the show. So glad that we got to talk today. Thank you so much, Haley. I really enjoyed it.